Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is number 85 of NASCAR Radio, where trading cars and racing meet. I'm your pal, Val. With me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? Hey, Val. Doing well. Uh, back for two days in a row of recording, so let's do it. <laughs> and then the man, the myth, the legend, PSA Hall of Famer, King NASCAR, Logan, how are you? I am surprised. <laughs> <laughs> surprised why are you surprised anyway we have a good show for you maybe great show i'm not sure we'll see i guess we'll see at the end but always a good interesting show with some facts news nuggets all that good stuff so we're gonna talk about the nascar results we had daytona weekend it was great having all the different series back indycar we're gonna preview indycar indycar is starting up this weekend looking forward to that talk a little bit tops f1 the flagship, you know, we, we found out how to distinguish between a base card and a variation for, I think it's 10 that are those subjects of the variations. And we're going to talk about some, we got some NASCAR news and some eBay sales. So, but let's jump into it, gentlemen. So we had in Daytona, the Camping World Truck Series. That was race number one. That was the 23rd annual Next Era Energy 250, and that was Friday, February 18th, Daytona <clears throat> International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida. And so our winner was Zane Smith, and our highest finishing rookie was the one, the only, Lawless Allen at position 25. Yeah, I'm a Lawless fan already. Yeah, highest finishing rookie, so. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about Zane Smith a few times. I think it was last year he won a few races, was the highest finishing rookie. But he's in 2018 Donruss, next in line. And he's there's three versions of that with the base, cracked ice, number 999, and explosion to 99. He's got signatures in the Donruss, Donruss Signature Series. There's three versions of that. You have the base or the unnumbered version of the autograph, number 25, and the one of one. He's also in Panini Certified. He's got certified next signatures, no base there. And those range from anywhere from 210 to black, which is 101. So he's also in Panini Prime, getting the clear silhouettes. Those are a little tougher, uh, number 99, 50, or the 101. And then in 2018, Panini Victory Lane, he has a base card, number 40. is a silver, gold, number 99, red. 49 blue, 25 green, 5 black, 101, and the four different printing plates. So that's Zane Smith's rookie cards or first cards. Yeah, those victory lane cards, you know, they're they're foil. So finding one of those in good condition is probably going to be, or I should say not good condition, but maybe PSA Jim Mint 10 condition may be tough. Yeah, I have not tried to grade any of the victory lane, but if you're looking for those 2018 Hilly Deegan's actually, there's quite a few different rookies in that 2018. Be on the lookout for Zane Smith. So working his way up the series there with his win in the truck series. And the Lawless Island doesn't have any cards yet, but I cannot wait for him to have some cards in uh, hopefully one of these series this year. I'm hoping he pops up in Donruss. That was going to be my question. I wondered if have we we haven't seen a checklist or anything. Yet. No, we, we haven't. And so we've got about... Let's see when this drops. It'll about eighteen days till Donruss is released. So I'm expecting the, the checklist maybe here in a few weeks. So I can't wait to see the checklist. You know, I always like looking at the rated rookies. So 
we'll see who's in, who's going to be the Raider rookie section. So, I think we got a good chance he'll be in there. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, next race actually is not till March fourth. Victoria's Voice Two Hundred in Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Friday, March fourth at nine p.m. So we still have a few weeks for that. So, Xfinity Series race number one, the Beef. It's what's for dinner. Three hundred. That was Saturday. February 19th, Daytona Beach, Daytona International Speedway. And our highest finishing rookie and winner of the race is Austin Hill. Yeah, he was in the 21 car for Richard Childress. Saw Richard Childress in victory lane with him. That was pretty cool. <clears throat> it was a pretty good race. A.J. Allmendinger, once again, I think I think it may be the, like the last three Daytona Daytona events for Xfinity. He was like leading going into the final lap and didn't win. So I, I kind of feel for AJ. <laughs> he's, he's had a run of bad luck. Yeah. It, it goes in spurts, man. Last year he was, he did really great. And uh, hopefully they can do whatever they can to get rid of some of that luck, whatever. So, but we've talked about Austin Hill as well. So his rookies are in the 2021 Dunruss. He has two, he has the normal Dunruss and then the retro. 1988 version, card number 81 and 156. And then we'll go through the whole list, but all the variations of parallels for the silver, orange, Carolina blue, red. I know I said I'm not going over, but I'm not going over the numbering anyway. So navy blue, green, purple, pink, artist proof, fifth anniversary artist proof black, and the black trophy club, which are one of ones. Same with the artist proof. Then he's in the optic. Card number 55. He's got the hollow orange pulsar, Carolina blue, gold number to 10, and gold vinyl to one. Optic signatures with the hollow number to 99 and the gold vinyl to one. And then the 2021 Dunners printing plates, all the different colors and for each one of the cards. So, so why yeah. do you think his card that you know Logan is showing there on the screen? Why do you think his card was not designated as a rookie or as a rated rookie? I'm not sure. I don't know if maybe they missed that or. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know why it's, and it's weird because, you know, it's, it's like that in not just NASCAR, but you know, like all the sports, I mean, some of them get the, get the rookie logo and some don't. And, and I don't know where the logic or lack of logic is yeah. in that. I just, I, it's just, it's like hit or miss almost. I don't know. Well, now you got me second guessing my list here. I was going to go out to the trading card database, but <laughs> <laughs> just double check here because I don't want to say something wrong. Well, but... I mean, Logan did have the card up before we even started talking about it. So I feel like you guys were probably on the same page. Give me one second. Hey, Austin Hill. Yeah, 2021. So hmm. I don't know. Jason, that's a great catch that they don't have the rookie logo on it. So yeah, because. Uh, when he held it up before we started recording, I thought it's just a base card. Like, what's he doing? Not not even thinking of who it was or anything like that. But then when you talked about the 2022 non-rest going to have rated rookies in it, and we were talking about, you know, whether or not Wallace Allen would be in there. And then it was like, oh, well, why didn't, you know, why didn't they do it for Austin Hill? So, yeah, another question will never get answered probably but now i don't know J uh, logan if you have any of the chronicles so he's in the 2021 panini chronicles he's in the in the zenith 
So he's card number 15 there, and then he's got the different parallels, blue, red, purple, hollow silver, hollow platinum. And then he also has autographs in the Zenith autographs. And then he's in Prism, but he's in the signing sessions. And I don't know, there's about 15 different versions of the signing sessions in Panini Prism. So I'd be curious about the Zenith. I can't remember. I think I remember seeing what that car looks like, but I can't remember if it's got the rookie logo. So, But anyway, that's... Austin Hill, so, you know, rookie and and winner of the race. So, that's a nice combination. Yeah, he gets to go to the playoffs, too. He's getting, right now, he's leading uh, for rookie of the year, so. Yeah, buddy. That's all it takes, man. You be a rookie and win the first race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, race number two, Auto Club Speedway. That's Production Alliance Group 300. That's Saturday, February 26th, 5 p.m. The stages are 35, 70, and 150. Practice is Saturday at noon to uh, 1230. And then qualifying is also Saturday from 1230 to 130. Yeah, and one other word on that race. Our buddy, Ty freaking Gibbs, finished 11th. I was really hoping he would get up there, but didn't quite make it. But that was his first time, I think, on the, the Daytona track as far as in a race. An Xfinity race, so he did real good. Yeah, because last year he won, but it was the road race. Yeah. Moving over to the Cup, and that was the 64th annual Daytona 500 Sunday, February 20th at Daytona International Speedway. That was an interesting race, and they're waiting for the big one, and Austin Sendrick, our winner and highest finishing rookie was able to survive the carnage and cause some carnage, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, the, the guy who used to drive in that car caused a lot of carnage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the the meme of it looked like him driving a bulldozer. So. Yeah, I've seen several different ones. There was one that had like a big uh, catch guard or I don't know what you call it on the front of it. And then I saw the one with a the bulldozer. There's, there's several different ones out there. It's hilarious. But our you know top 10, Austin Cedric, Bubba Wallace. Chase Briscoe, Ryan Blaney, Eric Amarola, Kyle Busch, Michael McDowell, last year's winner, David Reagan, Brad Kozlowski, and Chase Elliott, 10th. And then number 11, just for Ty Dillon. Yeah, I was I was proud for Austin Sendrick, but honestly, right there at the end, I wanted Bubba to win. I really, really did. Yeah, so did I. And I was thinking, man, what I wouldn't give to be at the Penske office for that meeting on Monday with Austin Cedric and Ryan Blaney. So I, I was pulling for Blaney. He's if I was going to pick a driver to collect, he'd be the one. And I haven't officially settled on him, but I think it's probably going to happen. Uh, but when I watched and saw Blaney, I, I really hoped that he would finish it out, but off of the card subject, and this is, you know, just a racing question in general for you guys. When you see something like that happen on the last lap or two, and I think it happened in the previous race as well, but when you see something like that happen and it, there's just so much damage to cars, how upset do those team owners get for something like that? I mean, I know you're trying to win, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, 30 more seconds and you just save thousands of dollars. Well, I don't know if you watched the truck race. Kyle Busch had a shirt you're on. Not. 
So uh, Friday night, you know, Kyle Busch runs Kyle Busch Motorsports, the trucks. So he's owner. And his shirt said most expensive day of the year or something like that because of the carnage for the, the truck, the cost of the trucks. And, you know, stuff goes home mangled and destroyed. So I'm sure at the cup level, it's the same way. You know, it has a massive payday, and but I'm sure, I don't want to call them throwaways, but they know, you know, the big one, and it's just, I guess they've accepted it. I know they complain about the plate racing and stuff like that, but. Well, and especially, I forget who who had the, the big wreck at the end, and I forget which driver that was, but his, I mean, the, I saw so many questions of, like, what happened to the engine. You know, in that car, I'm sure it's not, you know, I don't know how all this works, but with as much damage as that was, I'm sure it's not exactly the same car coming back. They're starting over, I guess. But just something like that, when it happens at the very end, has to be disappointing for them. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it depends on the owner. There's some owners that say, Go out and win. You know, I don't care what you got to do. You don't, don't bring anything back. Just True. go out there and win. And then there's other ones that are like, man, you know, this is like only one of a handful of cars we got. You need to take care of it. You know, don't don't wreck it. So, I mean, it really depends on the owners, the yeah. budget, and all that. So, you know, there's there's some of those teams. I mean, I'm sure like Joe Gibbs and, uh, you know, Hendrick and those guys are like, you know, do what you got to do. But, you know, some of the lower end teams are probably like, man, be careful. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, some of them are just, you know, trying to finish to get and get the best finish. They need, they'd rather have the truck than the money because they know they're, you know, one of the lower levels and, and they might withdraw earlier um, just to, to get away from all the carnage and, and be able to take, bring that. Because when you have a small budget, uh, who are they talking about? There was like somebody, there's like only one full time person on the team. And you know that they can't afford to to, to lose a vehicle like that. So, Mm-mm. but Austin Sidrick, highest finishing rookie and winner of the race, and his cards. So we've talked about him the last few years, uh, having won in Xfinity and then runner-up last year as you know, and winning so many. But 2018 Dunruss, the Phenoms, and there's three versions of that: the base, <clears throat> cracked ice, and explosion. The Panini Certified, that's you, Logan, card number 80. And the orange to 249, red to 199, blue to 99, gold to 49, purple to 25, green to 10, and black to 1. There's also mirror gold to 25, mirror purple 10, mirror green to 5, and mirror black to 1. He has signatures in 2018 Panini Prism. There's a few different versions. There's uh, unnumbered base prism autograph, prism camo autograph, and then from 99 down for Panini Prism. And then Victory Lane, he also has a base card in 2018 Victory Lane. So when you're looking for Zane Smith, card number 33, Austin Cedric, and again, silver, gold, the 99 red, blue, green, black, 101, and the four different printing plates. And then also... Victory Lane signatures to 199 and one. So his 2018 autographs are a little tougher to get. Nothing numbered, you know, 249 or anything like that. Some of that other stuff. So 
and there was a massive run on his stuff on Com C uh, Saturday, Sunday. So, oh but if yeah, you've been eBay was the same way. I mean, my but, if, God. but if folks have been listening to us for the last year or two, we knew that you know he won the Xfinity. He was runner up last year, and that he was moving to Penske, and that he would have pretty good equipment, which turned out he did, and he didn't have a problem putting making it a little small for Ryan Blaney. So. No, yeah, Ryan Blaney went up against the wall. So did uh, Kyle Busch. I mean, it was it was mayhem right there at the very end. And I thought I thought for sure when he came when Cindric came up on uh, Ryan Blaney, I thought for sure he was going to get turned around. But he straightened it up. He wiggled a little bit. And I thought, well, here comes Bubba, and Bubba's going to win it. And then like right at the end, Austin Cindric got it. I was happy, but I was kind of sad too. So I did see Bubba trying to rub. Austin Cindric, but he was missing a fender, so. <laughs> so he was going a little open wheel uh, on one of his wheels there. Yeah, that was from that that previous caution that that uh, did the, the green-white checker. Um, because they, they showed it on TV. I forget who hit him on the side. It just knocked that. Yeah, it uh, just flew off. Yeah, it did because it wasn't sheet metal. You know, it's. So it, it's, you know, it, it all flew off. Yeah, so next race. The Auto Club Speedway, the Wise Power 400, Sunday, February 26th. I'm sorry, February 27th at 3.30 p.m. Auto Club Speedway. Stages are 65, 130, and 200. Practice is Saturday at 2 to 2.35. And qualifying is Saturday, 2.35 to 4. So this might be a good time for a quick trivia, Auto Speedway trivia. Yeah, buddy. For Auto Club Speedway, who has the most wins at the Auto Club Speedway, which opened in 1997? Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll reveal the answer in our next segment here. Yeah, we'll do the answer later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have any NASCAR news? Yeah, we sure do. We have just just a little bit of news. Um, Kind of going with the theme of California. Kyle Busch leads all active drivers with four wins. And then there's a whole list of other drivers that only have one win. So California is definitely uh, KFB's track. So hopefully I'd love to see him pull out a win. And I think he very well can because he last won in 2019. So, you know, before all the pandemic craziness started. So I'm hoping I'm hoping he wins, but we'll see what happens. Also in uh, NASCAR news, and I thought this was interesting, Daytona 500 winner Trevor Bain is going to be returning back to Xfinity, which I think is going to be real cool. And not only that, he's going to be driving for Joe Gibbs. So he's got a good chance of winning some races. He's going to make seven starts in the number 18 car. So that's going to be really cool. I'm glad to see that. He's been out for a little while. I know after he won the Daytona 500, there was a lot of high expectations for him. And then he had some medical issues. And, you know, they, they were talking about, like, he had a spider bite and some all, all kinds of other weird things. I don't know what all really happened. But yeah, I'm they, really, it was I'm all kinds of speculation. Back. So, yeah. No, it's great to have him back. He's yeah. in the 2010 Element rookie cards. Yep. Yeah, I was always a big fan of his, you know. And I remember watching when he won the Daytona 500. I said, well, 
you know, the way they were pushing and shoving around, I said, you know, with like 10 laps ago, I said, I think Trevor Bain's going to win. So I actually went out on eBay and bought some of his cards just in case. And he did win. <laughs> there you go. Before he won. So uh, talking so about I, the talk, huh? I was going to say our project, our predictions for the win. I know. I think I had Harrison Burton. Oh yeah. Joey Logano didn't do crap. <laughs> yeah. I didn't Hamlin. That didn't go well either. Yeah, yeah. We, we were the kiss of death for those guys. Right. <laughs> well, Harrison Burton was doing great until uh, the snowplow came through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, he Kislowski just hit hit the, the ever-loving snot out of him and just knocked him sideways, and, and that's it was on from there. But, yeah, we our predictions didn't go good at all. So maybe uh, next any, year. Any more news? Yeah. Uh, I was going to talk about the – uh, TV ratings for the Daytona 500. And of course, I, I, like I talked about before, I don't know what all these freaking numbers mean. All I'm going to do is regurgitate this stuff. Uh, they had a 4.7 rating, which equated to 8.87 million viewers on Fox. So that's, and, and you know, this is one of these baseball stats that kind of kill me. It says that it was the highest rated and most watched uh, race since uh, Daytona 500 since 2019. And it's only been three years. I mean, it's All like, the way back in 2019. Way wow. back in 2019. You know, they do those baseball stats like that. So and so hadn't hit so many hits in a game since 2021. It's like, so what? Yeah. It doesn't freaking matter. But the, but comment, anyway, the commentaries and the, the, the folks, uh, you know, they just couldn't stop talking about how full the stands were and the infield was. So there's a lot of folks there too. Well, they also said that it was the most watched single network sportscast of the entire week. It beat the Olympics. And take this, NBA. It beat the freaking All-Star game. So take that, NBA. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was glad for that. Well, it's, it's exciting to see. So I know great. there's a lot of positive changes Decent. going on in NASCAR. So. Yep, for sure. Um and I do want to make a personal comment about the Fox coverage. And this is just me. Uh, right at the end of the race, when they were showing the finish, they used a drone shot from above looking down onto the track. And to me, it was kind of disorientated, disintore, whatever. It disoriented me. And I just, I couldn't, I didn't know where the start finish line was because they were kind of following it. And it's not like, you know, the, the traditional shots where they're veering off to the left and they follow the cars till they go across the finish line, right? So I didn't like that at all. So anybody at Fox that is maybe listening, everything was great to me except for that. I did not like that. So that's 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 my two cents worth. But, yeah, it was a great race. I loved it. Um, I always love first-time winners. It, it always helps my PSA sets. I have to add the, <laughs> add the new people to my PSA sets. Keeps you busy. It does keep me busy. Now I got to wait for PSA to lower their rate so I can send in a, an Austin Cindric card. <laughs> yeah, Fifty dollars Austin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, not gonna happen. So Logan, this is more to you. Val and I got to talk about this a little bit last night, but with Emmett Smith now being an owner for the Xfinity Series, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the driver's name off the top of my head. But what are what is your opinion uh, of that situation? Because we talked about it, so I kind of know Val's perspective. But you know, wh- what's yours? 
I think it gives good visibility to the sport. I mean, you have eyes that that look at football and say, hey, there's Emmett Smith and he likes NASCAR and I like Emmett Smith. So, hey, I'm going to give this NASCAR thing a try and, you know, I might like it, too. So I, I think from that perspective, it it's definitely a positive. Uh, you know, I think I think it's, it can get new fans uh, and it. Not only that, I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe some of his peers might see that and go, wow, Emmett Smith's investing in NASCAR, man. Maybe I should do something in NASCAR. Right. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Tom Brady will have a NASCAR team. <laughs> you know, and Val brought it up last night when we talked about it, the the notoriety of some of the owners now, you know, Emmett Smith, Pitbull, Jordan. Um, there was somebody else you mentioned. Help me out here. I mentioned Brad Doherty. Okay. But, I mean, those Emmett Smith and Michael Jordan are, pretty big names in their respective sports, you know, so I could, I, I kind of see what you're saying, Logan, and, well, you know, maybe this is a safer route to invest my money, which is exactly what Emmett said. He wanted to invest in something almost, it almost seemed like he wanted to invest in something that wasn't just money sitting somewhere like in a, you know, crypto or you know, something like that, which is popular with some of the athletes now. Like he wanted to actually be out doing something, you know, with with that money. So that was an interesting perspective. But yeah, I agree with you. And then hopefully with the cards, we can intertwine this with Panini a little bit before they lose uh, the license, the NFL license. So the driver is Jesse Awuji. He's running for Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year. I think he was in the military, and then he's uh, trying the race. So I think Emmett saw some of that information and wanted to basically invest in him and help him as well as, you know, get mm-hmm. into racing. What? Oh, and do you know the background on the, the number? Did you see this? Number 34? I did not. So they wanted number 22 for obvious reasons of Emmett Smith, but they chose number 34, and I'm going to butcher this, but it had something to do with Wendell Scott and him using that car number. Yes, that was yes. that was Wendell Scott's number. Okay, yes, so that's why they went with thirty-four instead of twenty-two. Yep, because Petty was forty-three and Wendell's thirty-four. Yep. There you go. I have a postcard. I'm showing a postcard right now of him. So there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that they've got that number. That'll, that'll be neat. Maybe they'll have some retro paint schemes too. That would be awesome. Nice tribute. Oh man, that would be nice. Of course, mm-hmm. I you know I said before I'd love to see some Wendell Scott cards too. Yeah, Panini, if you're listening, we want Wendell Scott cards. Definitely. Oh, um, also I didn't know if we want to update any uh, through the mail stuff. Yeah, I can do that. So, let's see if I can pull this picture or, up real just quick. Just to recap. Jason, uh, we talked about the Holly Farms set on the show, and, and Jason went out and bought, I don't know how many sets of the Holly Farms, but... It's either 10 or 20, yeah. Uh, and so we had, I guess, talked to him, and he's been on, uh, you know, been doing the show long enough that we finally kind of somewhat assimilated him, and so he sent a bunch out through the mail uh, to get uh, autographed, and he, he's already gotten a few back. I can't remember who it was. So my official update, I purchased Benny Parsons. I got that for five right. or six bucks. 
and you guys gave me, you know, the NAS card radio seal of approval that it was legit. So I got that one. It's a 30 card set. So I sent out Brett Bodine, Bodine, whatever. Bodine. Okay. Michael Waltrip, Bill Elliott, Richard Petty, Lake Speed, and Harry Gant. So out of those six, I've received back Harry Gant, who signed multiple, Lake Speed, who signed one technically, but included signed stuff of his own, um, Bill Elliott, who signed multiple, and the newest. Re- the newest success that I've received was Richard Petty, which was the one we kind of all knew was going to get returned, but he signed two, um, two of two, two that I sent. I've sent two to everybody so far, uh, but he actually used the gold paint pen, which I kind of agree with you, Val. You said it popped, but I'm not home at the moment. I'm currently out of town working, so I do not have the cards with me. Uh, but I'll give a visual update here probably next week now that I know we're going to do some video episodes. So the two that I'm still waiting for are Bodine and Michael Waltrip, which according to the research that I did should be coming back anytime. They, I think, took about four weeks, and that's right about where we're at. So Okay. Good well, that's so awesome. far. Yeah, four out of six. Yeah, it's so the postage, so you can't beat that. No, and of course the the king, the icon of the sport, and most wins ever, and the price of stamps. Right. I mean, two autographs for the price of two stamps, which I think is like fifty three cents or something like that right now. So we'll say just over a dollar. I don't know. Can you guys see this at all? Yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a picture of one of them. That's pretty. I like it. And yes. it's what we always say. Big. All the letters are there. Uh, so always a nice autograph. Yeah. You know, we've talked about him signing autographs at his museum before. They There's a certain day of the week, I think, that he comes in there. And they got two ladies that volunteer there, that work work there and run the museum. And they take all the mail that comes in. They, they set up these tables and they line everything up on the tables. And he just comes in and he just goes and, you know, puts his John Hancock on everything. And then they pack it all back up and send it back out to everybody. So it's really cool how he how he's got it going. But you know, he's he's loyal to his fans to a T. And that is absolutely one of the things I admire about him the most. So I wonder the, the pin situation because he's he's getting stuff left and right. He's probably getting die casts. He's probably getting cards, you know, random oddball stuff all along the way as well. And I, the first thing I noticed is that I don't think I've ever gotten a through the mail return back in 25 years that was a gold paint pen. And you can't tell me that that was just a coincidence. I feel like his ladies or whoever is helping him do this have this. This section is gold paint pen. This section is blue Sharpie. This, I mean, it has to be. So, Logan, I don't know if you want to take this one or I'll take it, but having gotten him in person numerous times, he has all the all the markers there. He knows what to sign with. He does. I mean, he so does. he's he's going back and forth. Do you think it's divided up, or do you think he's just going back and forth? Well, when we're 
you know, the times that I've seen him, it's always been like in line. So he'll go, gotcha. you know, uh, if it's cards or whatever, he'll usually go with the one, but he will might change if, if he needs to. So he's got the black Sharpie, he's got the white paint pen and he's got the gold. Gotcha. Paint pen. So yeah, he's I'm, got them all with him. You know, and, and I think there's some logic to what Jason is saying. It would make sense for those ladies to, to have these things categorized because I mean, he'd be forever swapping uh, Sharpie. Yeah, that was my thought. Pen. So it, that, it, just as a time saver, I would think he would have to do it that way. But, but when he's, when he's out and about Val's right, he has all those with him at all times. And he'll, and you got to watch him sometimes. Cause if you like have a box or something, <laughs> and you're kind of holding it up. He'll grab it from you and he'll sign it. <laughs> it's like I, I tell you the the thing where I have my little four look in the books we bought those little four page books. Mm -hmm. I was at the Stocks for Tots. I have we and I have two of them. I put one of them down to get the seventy two SDP Petty out, and he picked up that book and whoosh. so I have <laughs> I have one of those books uh, with a big. I mean, he fills up the space. So if you give him something big. He fills up his signature big. He he can um, span his autograph. So that is big and bold across that that book. That's so cool. Little, yeah, no, no, it's awesome. But I'm like, <laughs> wait, oh, that that's yeah, it was cool awesome. Story. But, but he, you know, again, you put something down in front of him. To your point, he'll sign it. <laughs> so that's cool, Jason. I'm proud for you, man. So hopefully, when you get by the time you get back home, uh, you'll have some other ones. Yeah, well, probably not this time because I'm going back tomorrow. But next, you know, next couple weeks, yeah, I'm gonna have to load up on some stamps and uh, send some. Yeah, you got to send that. You know, Arbor, I think I've gotten Flint, so yeah, I gotta do a new next round, round two. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys got me wanting to do that too. I just got to find some time. I I want to send out some some more uh, 88 Max. Yeah, if you have it, anybody has 88 Max. All those legends or the guys still in that set, they still sign. So I think every all the 88 Max should be signed. Those are great, great sets to mm -hmm. work on and uh, at least the driver cards because like Speed and Cal Yarborough, Bill Elliott and go on and on. Michael Waltrip's in that too. So Daryl Waltrip. Mm -hmm. Daryl Waltrip, yeah. So 88 Max and there's no gloss on those. So, But the 88, 89, 90... It's all, all great stuff. So, uh, let's see. Moving on. I don't know if there's anything else. Um, oh, and so let's, let's answer the trivia. So, the driver with the most wins at Auto Club Speedway is Jimmy Johnson with six. Yeah, he's a California kid, so he was winning at home. So, I'll give another trivia. The Auto Club Speedway, two drivers recorded their first cup wins there. So, we'll... Uh, We'll reveal that here in a minute. Yeah, I think but we will talk about some of them, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving over to IndyCar. IndyCar, guys, is starting up. Uh, race number one, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg on the streets of St. Petersburg. That is Sunday, February 27th at 12 p.m. Yeah, I'm I'm digging the uh, the – temporary road courses like that you know they had one in nashville last year that was i wish i could have gone because i mean it's only like three hours from me but uh that was a fantastic race that was like over the bridge and back yeah it was it was amazing yeah, that's <laughs> pretty, that pretty cool 
yeah, I'm looking forward to the um, any start of IndyCar. So, and next week we'll we'll review the race and some of the rosters and some of the drivers that are on there, and uh, if uh, they have some cards, or whatever. So, I don't think there's any current producers producing IndyCar, but I do know that there is a IndyCar set in the works, trading card set of. Uh, some of the older drivers. So more to come on that as it gets revealed. That's cool. So, hey, I, I, I've got something that we could probably do next week. Why don't both uh, all, all of us do uh, like who we predict is going to be the champion in IndyCar and who's going to win the Indy 500? Sure. I right, already got some homework for next week. Yeah, a little bit of homework. I already <laughs> had my picks. Already, already, <laughs> you already, already did your homework, homework. right? I already I already know who I who you know it's 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 somebody with a, a, a last name similar to me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's you know I just go with my heart instead of my head. But yeah, we can talk about that next week. So yeah, let's do some predictions. I think that'll be cool. That sounds awesome. I uh, must reveal our trivia answer. First wins at the Auto Club Speedway: Jimmy Johnson in 2002 and Kyle Busch in 2005. So we did mention them. Yeah. Two ding, of ding, ding. Uh, the legends there in NASCAR. I know Kyle Busch is still racing, but he will definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you guys think that Kyle Busch will surpass Dale Earnhardt's win total of, was it 76? I don't think so. I don't think he's got enough time to make it that far. Not how tough the competition is. Yeah. That's What's thing. he at now? What's his total right now? So you have 49? No, no, no. It's 55, isn't it? So he would need 20, what, 21 to beat it then? Would you say 75? That's a tall order these days. That's what Val said. With the the competition is as fierce and tough as it is these days, you know, it was amazing that how Jeff and Jimmy were able to pull off what they were able to pull off in these days and times because – there's so much more parity now than there ever has been before. Yeah, I mean, how many has Kyle Busch won in you know the last few years? And you you have Kevin Harvick a couple of years ago with plenty of wins. Chase Elliott. I mean, you got so many of these young guys. There's just so much talent that it's going to be tough to to rattle off the win. So, well, even if he had four really good seasons and did five and and just as quick as possible, I mean, but also being realistic and did five a year for four years, that's still four more years. I mean, and you're talking his first, you know, Cup Series win was 2005. That's a long time. He's been running a long time. I, I expect, you know, Kyle Busch to be <clears> – I mean, what, what else does he have to prove? You know, two championships, all those wins already. Uh, you know, he's racing in trucks. I could see him maybe – leaving cup and then getting a, a championship in Xfinity and a championship in truck. So I think that may be more appealing to him than going after the, the cup race, a cup wins or whatever. But uh, you know, I got nothing to go on, but. Okay. So, so I stand corrected. He's got 59. That That's my bad. He's got 59. Kevin Harvey's 58. So Kyle Bush is currently ninth overall on the all-time win list. His, his next, his next goal is Dale Earnhardt with 76. And there's a big gap between those guys. Yep, sure is. So I, I don't see him getting there. I mean, as much as I would love to see him get there, as 
I'd like to see him rattle off a 10-win season. I think that'd be freaking awesome. But I just, I just realistically, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, totally agree. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Love to see him, but it, I mean, he's a lot of talented folks out there. So, yeah, and Kevin Harvick went winless last year. So, I mean, that te- that tells you right there. I mean, the year before he had what? I forget how many wins he had. Was it seven or something? Seven, he had, yeah, seven he had a few. Wins. So, and, and one more question to you guys: Do you think Kyle Larson is going to have the same type of season? this year as he did last year you know t- taking the new car into consideration and all that what did he what was his win total last year nine um i mean ballpark you don't have to give me exact but i thought it was like eight or nine or something like that i mean to me that seems like somebody trying to repeat 60 home runs that's what it seems like to me yeah it'd be tough i mean if they were in the same car i'd say you know maybe but with the next gen and you know as they were talking about during the race all these guys were learning drafting and everything else with these new cars so i, I don't know i think it's too too up in the air to, to tell yeah he had he had 10 wins okay off the all-star race so he actually had 11 and he he you know had a couple at least two or three races where he you know he had that last lap where he blew a tire and there was a couple other races with late cautions that 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 messed him up. I mean, he I think he could have easily had 13 wins. So what do you think? You asked us, what do you think? Well, I think no, I don't think he's going to be able to duplicate that. I think there's other factors involved here, like the car uh, and, and other things that are going to prevent him from having a 10 win season. Now, do I think he's going to have like a five or six win season? Probably. That was going to be my next question. Like, what number would you give him as a prediction? But five or six. Yeah. I think five or six, but you know, the Chevys were not, they were good at Daytona in qualifying by themselves, but in the race themselves, the Chevys weren't all that good, you know, and and I, and you know, I saw it in practice and we may have talked about it before that the Fords were, were the team to beat and that ended up being true. So maybe, you know, it depends on what kind of packages they're going to have with these cars. We'll, California will be a good test when we see this week uh, what happens. But yeah, I just think he'll he'll have maybe five or six wins. That's still a lot, though. I mean, we think about it uh, out of out of thirty was it thirty three or however many races are on the schedule this year. I mean, that's that's a huge percentage of wins. So we'll see. Yep. So I wanted to talk about. Tops F1. We, um, you know, we, we've had a, a week of the flagship being out. Prices have dropped to about 500 now. Uh, some more information has come out about the uh, variations. There are 10, 10 variations that are super short printed. And if you look on the back, it's, you know, your typical tops on the back, last line. There's a nice code back there. Um, basically, the last three numbers will tell you. So if the last three are 924, it's a base. And the image variations end in 944. So you're looking for Lewis Hamilton, number one, number two, Bottas, number three, Max Verstappen, four, Sergio Perez, seven, uh, Sebastian Vettel, nine, Fernando Alonso, 11, Yuki Tasanda, 15, Kimi 
Rakuten, 17 Mick Schumacher, 18 Nikolai Mospin. So those are the 10 that will have the different possibly different numbers, but they're like I said, they're super short printed. I think they're saying like maybe two or one per 10 box case or two per 20 box case. So they're going to be tough. So I guess that's how they're going to try to get some value into this. So before we go further, yeah. So before we go further, what are your opinions on the codes from tops? Did you like it pre code or do you like it with the code? Because it gives that distinction for sure. I'm not a fan. I like the the mystery of what is this. I I, I don't know. Um, I can see it both ways. I mean, knowing the ten that you you know again, it's not a, a large number. I know, like in NASCAR, we have image variations and stuff like that where we don't have codes. But I usually can tell that. It's not the image variation because I never get the image variations. Right. So, uh, so I don't usually have anything to worry about. But, uh, you know, to be able to go out and maybe do a little research on those 10, right? You know, go to eBay and check in the different, uh, you know, what the most common image is and do I have that? So, or, you know, there are some sites that show you the two different ones. So, yeah. And, uh, and I guess I can see definitely why Tops does this, right? Because they do it in the other series that they do other sports. And so there is definitely a, you know, I guess there's a distinction. Yeah. Like without a doubt. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, if somebody's selling image variation at a show and if you know about it and, and the seller doesn't, I mean, I don't know. I, it's all kind of gimmick anyway. Uh, you know, used to be, you know, I started collecting like in 79 and stuff where it was Bump Willis or whatever. There was two different colors on the, you know, the, the name flag or whatever. So, you know, it was word of mouth or whatever. So, and again, you know, they weren't crazy expensive. You know, they're not, you know, like these are super short prints. So, I don't know. I, I just spent, I don't know, two minutes going on rambling without an answer. So, sorry. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I, I think having the codes on it, I don't like it. I mean, let, let's put some mystery into it. Let's make people, yeah. let's make people do some study and do some homework and figure it out. Let's just don't give it to them. I mean, heck, what's the fun in that? I mean, isn't part of the fun of collecting the mystery of, of certain things and you know the unknown of, of certain things? I mean, just no codes. So I'm against them. Now I will give them the credit on a lot of these. They don't announce beforehand that there's a photo variation sometimes you know it's on the pack odds or, or whatever but it's not on you know the the sell sheets that they send to beckett for distribution or gts or whatever so i will give them a little bit of credit on that um that at least they do it that way but yeah I, i'm with logan i prefer no code but you know mm -hmm. we can go back to f1 specific now so the base card image variation is one in 165. Hmm. Wow. So that would be nine, roughly, boxes. 18 packs per box, right? Yeah. The foil fractor is one in 11,344. Okay, hold on one second. So they're making yeah. a, lot of, a lot of base cards. <laughs> 11,344. 11,344. For foil factor. So one in six hundred and thirty boxes divided by twelve. One in fifty 
three cases. Good God. Right? Yeah. I was able to get uh, somebody from the uh, Facebook has a great F1 uh, card group. And uh, I think it was Ryan Cracknell was wanting a uh, foil wrapper uh, box, about a pack. And so <clears throat> somebody from the group was able to put it out there. But one thing I did see was, you know, they always have for a chance to obtain any of the cards listed above at the same odds or whatever, while surprise last hand print your name and complete address on a three by five card and mail it in a number 10 envelope to NPN 2001 tops formula one racing group PO box, yada, yada, yada. Only one card per envelope mailed separately postmarked by October 20th, 2021. Get your time machine out. Doc and Marty, where are you? <laughs> so they, have be, they have to be received, received by October 27th, 2021. <laughs> that drawing is on or about November 3rd, 2021. So I guess, <laughs> how do I know if I won? So <laughs> they, you know, because this should have been back in July and uh, they didn't update the wrapper. So, well, I bet you could send them in now. I bet you can, I bet they're okay. Well, I don't know. I would assume so, but I mean, it'd be worth um, taking a chance. Something tells me the people spending $500 a box for F1 are not the same people sending in a no purchase necessary envelope. <laughs> so if you want to send in 11400 or whatever it was. Right. I'm the no purchase necessary guy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you are, right? So take one or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, I wanted to uh, disclose the... Uh, information that I found out about uh, distinguishing of image variation and base card, and then some of those pack odds. So, anything else with F1 tops? Uh, yeah, the Chrome will be coming out in about 12 days, so we got another um, two weeks for Chrome. And I'm curious to see what's gonna happen with the base box prices, what they do when Chrome comes out. So, well, you know, I went to my LCS this past weekend and he got, he was allocated a case of, uh, of F1 and uh, he had, when I got there, he had three boxes left and he goes, may I save one for you? I said, well, gee, thanks. How much are they? And he goes, well, they're 449, but I'll sell you one for 400. <laughs> I'm going, no. Wow. He made, he made some good money on that. Cause he I know, did. and that's not, I'm not, that's not bad because, and Jason, you probably can verify this, that, you know, these guys buy this stuff months in advance or whatever it is. And then, and they're also putting the money out months in advance. Right. So for every winner they have, they probably have a few losers, not, not no, the other way around. So. I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm glad for them. I mean, that they can actually make some, some real money off of these boxes instead of, you know, them selling them. And then on the secondary market, you know, somebody else is making that money. I mean, I mean, that is my LCS. It's the only really big LCS that we've got here in town. So I want those guys to be there. So if, if they can make a little bit of money here or there, you know, I'm happy for them, but, but I'm just, that's just money. I just don't see the value even at 400 bucks. I just don't see it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I, while on one hand I say, you know, that's great that, you know, he can sell and he, and he can sell whatever he wants, but I would not be buying for 400. So. But no, I may be a player at maybe 200, maybe probably 175 would be where I'd be. My comfort zone would be with that. I just, I just don't see the value. I mean, I know Jason bought into some breaks, 
Do you want to talk about your yeah. experience? Yeah, so in the last show you had talked about, you know, getting in on yep. some of those. So if you want to recap real quick. So to give a little back background to this, last week we were talking about box prices. They were 125 on tops, and then pretty much instantly went to six, seven hundred on a secondary market. They've since dropped to I saw a couple sell for 375, but those were buy it nows. Um but the four or five hundred dollar range. So as we're discussing last week, I start looking at group breaks and just stuff on eBay. And there were some guys, Lewis Hamilton, you know, sold for five hundred dollars for a six box break. Um, and then there were other guys, which you know, I bought five drivers. I probably bid on 40 different auctions. I went through everybody didn't have a bid and I bid a dollar at first just to, you know, get that notification that I was outbid that I can watch. And then I decided I was going to max out at $2, which now that I say that I, I must have gotten greedy and spent $3 on two of them. But I decided I was going to max out at $2 a piece because I don't know F1. I've never purchased anything F1 in my life up until this point. So all in all, I ended up with five drive, well, five people from 21 Tops F1 Racing, six boxes in a case. My guys were, I'm going to murder these names, James Key, Pierre Wachet, Liram Zendeli, Bent Viscal and Frederick or Frederic Vassour. Okay. I'm sure you guys know exactly who these people are, all their, their win history. Either way, I got five people in a break for a grand total of like $13 shipped to my house. So to me, it was can't lose. Maybe I'll, and like Logan said, maybe you'll get the one of one of one of these guys, which did not happen. Unfortunately, I think from what I saw on the break and two brothers was actually the company that did the break. And I have another story about that. The only thing that I noticed that I got besides base was a James key aqua, which an aqua is out of one ninety nine. I want to say so for $13, which is less than price of a pack. Um, I got five drivers. I got a serial numbered card and I got them shipped to my house. I do not have them yet. I think I'll get them probably next Monday or Tuesday. So not bad. But so the story is that one thing I noticed when you brought up the photo variations, when they're doing the break, the guy's looking for color. He's looking for color and inserts. He's just thumbing through the base like, like nothing. I guarantee he got a photo variation and didn't even realize. And then the customer probably didn't even see it either because he's just boom, 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 color, boom, 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 color. So, and I don't think I got any of the checkerboards either, but I'll take a numbered card out of F1 for $13. I think you did fine, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a good, a good gamble for the price of what it's going for and what, how many people you got? So right. But so the average pack price is twenty five dollars. 
roundabout. So, not terrible. No, I'd be curious to see when you get them in hand and what you think about them. Yeah, same. Um, my confirmation is the 28th, or that's my expected delivery date. Unfortunately, I won't. I don't think I'll be home. So, uh, maybe in a couple weeks I can show them off. So we'll see with the the work travel schedule when I can get these actually in my hands. Well, awesome. Yeah, I went out there and tried to bid on some stuff, but I wasn't wasn't as I mean, I tried to bid on some of it, but <clears throat> I think it was ending at a different time or whatever and, and didn't get back to it. So now there were to three dollars. I probably would have easily had 20 drivers. So it, it's definitely there for that, you know, in my head the whole time I'm thinking exactly what Logan said. I just need one card to make this all worth it. You know, and really for my $13, I got the sky blue of this James Key dude, and I saw one sold for 10 So, I mean, really, I pretty much got my money back, and then I'll just kind of sit on the rest of them and see if anything happens, which I doubt. But if I had just spent a little bit more money, I had a lot better odds of getting something because I would have had at least 20 drivers. It's interesting, though, that they, you know, just rifled through it. Um, they're doing breaks all day long. I think that's why. Yeah. But I can still see the point of it's a $500 box. Let's, you know, show a little bit more love and consideration to this. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a, you know, tops, tops base. I mean, it, it is, but you know, it's a, it's a few time multipliers than a tops base, but right. it should be priced like a tops base, but it's not. So, and it, from what I saw, and like I said, my break was a six box, and I did see another six box. Uh, I mean, they w went through it in probably 30 minutes. That tells wow. you, you know, how fast they were going. The relic hit every other box was true from what I saw, and the, and the pack out of the color parallels seemed right on par with what was advertised for the odds. And I did not see an autograph. Yeah, none. So none at all. None at all. Okay. So so everything kind of follows in line with uh or falls in line with what Tops has advertised. That's why I have that kind of price point with no autographs. Right. Yeah, that's again I keep keep saying this, but you know, show me the value. I just I just so, and somebody somebody correct me or somebody give me a good talking point on where the value is because I just I just don't see it at that price point. It makes me wonder though why why does this set not have autographs? Why I mean I get that it's flagship and it's supposed to be a lower price tag, but they have them in baseball. So is it something with it being international? Like I don't see why they wouldn't at least have the bums for autographs. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe this was supposed to be more of a, you know, the base to get folks. I mean, if this was a $150, $200 box, I, you know, I think a lot more would be flying off the shelf. But again, we have Chrome coming out. This should have been out, you know, six months ago. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Something's so, up because, and I'm not asked, I'm not actually asking this is rhetorical. Quinzel didn't have an autograph. I mean, it's so commonplace now that it's overlooked. But for a, a new product that you're trying to get traction, 
you don't have them and your relic is every other box so yeah they you know they got it they're i guess saving it up for chrome maybe yeah just odd yeah well we're we're all learning this the f1 f1 uh cards as well so but next week we'll talk about the 2022 rosters for all the teams and go through um that hopefully maybe we'll get a checklist for chrome so we'll be reviewing that in future shows so anything else for f1 no i think we're trying to finish the show up with some ebay sales we're already at an hour but yeah um yeah before we get to ebay sales i want to talk about an auction that i stumbled onto about two hours late this was memory lane they had their winter rarities auction that ended on saturday i think it was like saturday at six o'clock or something central time for me anyway i was just going through there and just typing in search for nascar right so i did and voila something popped up it was lot number 1574 and it was a 1988 max charlotte basic set graded by psa all tens it's number one tied on the registry with some other sets same sets it started bidding at 300 dollars, and with the 20 percent buyer's premium added on to this it sold for one thousand eight hundred eighty six dollars and forty cents that's 18 like 19 dollars a card that somebody paid so somebody stole this set in my opinion because these cards are worth way more than that i mean you you can't hardly buy a nine for you know 15 bucks or so so you know a 10 is going to be in a common card it's going to be at least 25 30 dollar card so somebody got a great deal like i said i think they stole it i wish i'd seen it because i was like two hours late to the party because i would have definitely bid on that and if the price would have been right i would have gotten it instead so well the grading I, fees alone well yeah not only, not only that but because it's charlotte it's got richard petty PSA 10, Daryl Walter, PSA 10, card number 87, uh, the, you know, the, the Earnhardt, the short print with the, with the team, PSA 10, Michael Davey Walter, Allison. Davey Allison, Bill Elliott, Cal Yarborough, uh, Alan Kowicki, you go on and on with everybody, PSA 10, that's unbelievable because it's basically the grading fees. Yeah, it is basically the grading fees. So, so, you know, hey, kudos to whoever got it, man. I wish wish I had known about this. Um, dang. They didn't call us. No, they didn't call. Yeah. And, of course, you know, th this memory lane auction, you know, they're they're touting the, the big uh, 52 Mantle cards and the Babe Ruth rookies and those things. And these things are kind of off, you know, lower down in the in the in the pecking order. So you have to be you almost have to be looking for something like this to find it and like i said i was just a few hours late to the party and i barely missed it bobby allison mark martin rusty wallace we can go on and on 
Yep. So that was a heck that was a heck of a deal. So like I said, congrats to whoever got it. I don't know if you're a listener or not, but man, you did good. Yeah, Ernie Irvin. Yeah, that was a that was uh somebody stole that. Literally. I kinda I kinda feel for the poor guy that was selling it. Yeah, I feel bad for him because they could have got I, th- I think more I think it was to the wrong crowd, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And I think that was the only NASCAR lot in that auction. So again, it's something you would have to really specifically be looking for, you know, pigeonholing into to NASCAR. Yeah, I don't usually look at those auctions because they're all, you know, mantles, unopened, 62 tops, wax box, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing nothing I, I can afford. Uh, so. Yeah, we could have afforded this, though. I mean, I, I you know. <laughs> I can definitely see the value in this. No doubt. No doubt. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. So you know, one of the things I'm, I'm going to try to start doing is going through some of these big auction house auctions and seeing if there's anything in there and let people know about it so uh you know lesson learned for me you know i was just kind of you know sitting around on saturday night just messing around and saw this so anyway there you there you go so uh ebay auctions let's go to that real quick uh i know we're we're getting long on time uh the big card that sold this week really wasn't for sold for a whole lot of money um this was on the 20th of February. It was a 2020 Topps Dynasty Formula One. Carlos Sainz. I, you know, I, I may be butchering that name. S-A-I-N-Z. Triple Patch Auto 10 of 10. PSA 10. Pop One, of course. It sold for $3,319 with 34 bids. So that was the biggest card that sold this week on eBay. Yeah, I went through and looked, and I, I couldn't believe we didn't have a a five-figure card, but we did not. So that was a big one. Uh, some other things I saw were um, there was an Austin Cindric, you know, staying with the Daytona 500 theme, Austin Cindric Chronicles on the 22nd. Uh, it was autographed at number to 10. It sold for $53 with 19 bids. So I'm thinking, you know, that's probably about right. You know, it's out of 10, 53 bucks, 19 bids. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, as far as, you know, we've been talking about 2021 Tops Formula One, the Lewis Hamilton Aqua Border card. Uh, it doesn't say what number. I just noticed that. But however, it's the Aqua version border numbered uh, 178 of 199. Sold for $76 with nine bids. So that, that was pretty good. And something that we talked about offline also on the 22nd, there was a 2007, and, and Ken is going to like this, 2007 Rittenhouse IndyCar Series card. It's an autographed card, 50, 50th anniversary of A.J. Foyt. And uh, it's, you know, it's in a plastic holder, and it's got a little seal around it. It's pretty neat. It sold for $186.21 with 23 bids. So I thought that was really good. I mean, that, there, there's some love there for the IndyCar, and I, I'm glad to see that. Plus, AJ's a le- legend anyway. So what did you think about that, Val? I know that you you saw that. Yeah, so the Rittenhouse, uh, that AJ Foyt, I think that's like a case topper or whatever. So it's a little bit limited. But AJ Foyt, he's just one of those legends in anything he drives. So uh, he, he can get in anything. He, you know, he's one Daytona 500. And you know all the IndyCar stuff. So I guess no no collection is, 
is complete without one of his one of his autos. So yeah, agreed. Totally agree. So yeah, um, I've got one. I think uh, he was in the Legends, and I think he was in uh, you know Press Pass had him in a few different things. So, uh, but uh, that Rittenhouse definitely uh, caught my attention. Uh, so that's a that's a nice price for for that. So yeah, it really is. I I, I don't know how limited those are. I don't I don't know that they're numbered because I didn't see a number on there. Uh, so I don't know if there are any production numbers or anything were were, were released. But you know, still it's a it's a really neat card, and and. Uh, you know, I think that was a good price. So some other things I saw, uh, a 2021 National Treasures, you know, talking about Brad Keselowski. This is a Brad Keselowski race use NASCAR logo, has the NASCAR logo on it. It's a one-on-one. -one. It went for $320 with 11 bids. So that was, that was pretty strong for that card. Uh, something else that I saw was, a 19, this is on the 17th, a 1988 max box, complete box of 44 packs. And it looked nice too. It, and it, it said, it says mint look, you know, which I'll, anytime somebody says look, I just, that annoys me. But anyway, it went for $250, best offer accepted. They were asking 300 and he settled on 250. So I think, you know, for that, that's actually not that bad. Because the packs looked really, really nice. They look, they look crisp. And what year was that? Eighty-eight Max. That's what I thought. Yeah, they're, they're getting tough to find. You know, if you want to find those mint Richard Petties and like the other guys that we talked about, that's where to do it. Yeah, and this was a Charlotte box because they they showed a pack out of there, and you know, of course, I looked on the back and it didn't have the Myr you know uh, Myrtle Beach printing on the back of the 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 card on the back the checklist card so they were they were definitely charlotte printing the second printing but you know still all in all for 250 for 44 packs i mean people are spending more than that on a single card so i mean you're going to get some richard petty rookies in there you're going to get you know like val was talking about with all the other drivers in there too so i mean if you want to hold it or if you want to bust it you know that's up to you but it was that i thought that was pretty neat and two uh, boxes of uh 88 max or one box of flagship f1 you know what that's a great point <laughs> uh if i'm gonna spend that i'll buy the 88 max all day long every day not to mention you get 44 packs instead of 18 but anyway there you go uh, not to harp on the the tops I, I like the tops f1 i just wish it wasn't so much so okay yeah me too i i'm with you uh and one other thing that i saw was on the 21st is a 1996 VIP press pass Dale Earnhardt Sr. autograph. And it's the autograph on it, and we've talked about this before too, was, I don't know what kind of Sharpie or whatever he used, but it was faded some, just, you know, in, P, in parts, you could see it being faded. Uh, it did sell for $255 though with two bids. So even though it was faded, it still got a good price. So, you know, I, I said, do I, do I think that that was a little much probably for that card, but you know, it's still Dale Earnhardt. And, you know, I think that's as far as eBay auctions, that's really about all I've got. I can see I was going to show you guys this here. Uh, I was trying to get confirmation from the F1 group that I'm pretty sure this was kind of unlicensed card, but you can see they're still selling, you know, they're graded by this, 
grading card company and they're listed as a 2008 pro 2.0s i mean you can see they're getting a few hundred dollars so uh this is something that is unlicensed and will not you know psa or the big grading card companies will not grade these unlicensed cards so just trying to buyer beware and trying yep. to spread some uh educate folks as well as we learn we try and to you know document this as well and and try to share some of this knowledge so you know some few folks are out a few a few hundred dollars because they they weren't sure or whatever so yeah that's good information and, and that's that's the reason that uh, you guys watch us and listen to us yeah so uh you know in the video format you can you can see you know there's a close-up picture of uh lewis hamilton but uh for those that are on the podcast it's the 2008 Pro 2.0, it's like I said, it's a close-up of Lewis Hamilton, and it has a purple kind of swoosh on the side uh, in yellow with his name. So just be careful with those pre-tops. If it's not tops, trumps. Tops, trumps, is, it was licensed, you know, coming out of the card game. But these two Pro 2.0s, you know, I went online saying, okay, well, if this is some kind of set, there should be kind of some kind of checklist, which I could not find. But then... Uh, you know, referred to the the uh, Formula One trading card collect, uh, collector chat buy and sell swap on Facebook group. Those guys are pretty good. Wanted to just kind of bring that to everybody's attention. So if I can help save or we can help save some folks from spending a few hundred dollars, then it's definitely worth it. So, so one other thing, uh, I got a Facebook notification. Today is somebody's birthday that we all know and love. Ivan Lovegren's birthday is today. Yes, I wish him a happy birthday. Yeah, so. Yeah, happy birthday, Ivan, if you, uh, for some weird reason, listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you no, know, we have. We won all the way, but still. Yeah, California, I don't think, is one of our bigger audiences, but um, definitely happy birthday to Ivan. We hope to have him uh, on the show as well, so big F1 collector. Anything else, guys? I think that's all I got. What about you, Jason? Yep, same here. Nothing else for me. Well, I want to thank everybody for watching, listening to the podcast. Thank our listeners from, you know, New York, New Jersey, Texas, Illinois, some of the larger uh, listening audiences, as well as folks international. We appreciate you listening. And I want to thank our, we want to thank our sponsor, Panini America and from uh, me and the guys, we will catch you next week.